I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to the Box Set Pod. It's been a month. We're not going to apologize anymore. We're just going to be who we are. And I am Howell, and this is Jamie. Hello. This is Matthew Wandless. Yes. Welcome to it. So lots of, we've obviously uh, been kind of impossible to talk about all of the things that we've watched in the last month because uh, it'd be the longest podcast in history, but we'll touch on some of them. Um, I want to first of all say hello to Lee, who has e- emailed us. <laughs> Excuse me. And uh, apologies, I love Lee. love an email. Love an email. Um, Lee has emailed us in the past as well. This is quite a big one. I'll read fast. Hope you guys are doing well. Just a quick message of appreciation for the recommendation of Mrs. Maisel. Thanks. I think it's a top ten material. Strong characters, some great humour. Does a flea bag in combining hilarious situations with some serious issues, i.e. misogyny, homophobia, racism. Just loved Abe, Susie, Moish and Miriam. I ate up the Tiger King pretty quick. Uh, the owners of all the animal park sanctuaries throughout, very unpleasant, properly vile. Another case of the internet being utilised to propagate hate and bilious rage. Um, Can I just quickly uh, cut in there? Have you seen the video of Carol Baskin no. um, uh, wishing Rolf Harris a happy birthday and hoping yeah. he has a nice time with his friend Jimmy Seville? <laughs> oh, Jesus, no. So uh, someone did a really good put-up job on her and it worked perfectly. Oh, anyway, wow. carry on with the letter. Wow. Oh, and that's from, from recently? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Um, animal care, certainly not a priority for any of them. The story just got stranger and stranger. I think I'm going to bounce off Bob's Burgers four episodes, Jamie. But Bojack was another show that I reckon is top ten. Thank you. <laughs> Lee, I am I'm doing well in this uh, email at the moment, I think. The last season really lays out how shitty Bojack is and makes you wonder about whether you want him to come through his difficulties. I did a bit of Game of Thrones with it and watched season two afterwards. It makes me wonder if the writers knew the end point or saw an opportunity to take a story down a very dark route. Uh, either way, fantastic. Currently, catching up with Killing Eve and Better Call Saul. The new season of Better Call Saul has started well. I've watched two so far and I'm predicting Kim walks before the season's complete. Um... Uh, the the I think I said it on the last podcast, but Jamie was right. I was wrong. I throw away all of my everything bad I said about Beckles Hall. It's incredible. I loved it. It's just incredible. It just properly um, turned lots of corners for me. Um, and Lee goes on with a little bit more. Uh, love the tension in the car scenes with Nacho. The dad is lovely, and uh, Lalo's disregard for risk. Nacho was taken in collection of a stash. It felt like a Breaking Bad episode. Yes, you're right. That's how it started to feel a bit more, I think. I had no problems with the last season, but that was a really strong episode. Um, almost pure fan service for people that have stuck with it. Killing Eve, bit meh at the moment. I have dropped off Killing Eve during season three as well. Just don't think it has the magic. Uh, uh, yeah, I finished it, but it, it did lose a bit of its... 
je ne sais quoi. Je ne sais quoi. Um, thanks, Lee. If you want to email us, studio at the box set pod will come to us. It is lovely to hear us uh, affecting your life in some way. Yeah, thanks, Lee. Yeah, some really good thoughts there. Don't don't agree with everything. I mean, it's, bailing on Bob's Burger mm. is an absolute travesty but I I think he's a interesting comments good on him for doing the four though that's, that's some good stuff yeah he did which do the four, I'll tell yeah. you I didn't do on these three so things you can ask. Uh, Space Force Hollywood and Snowpiercer are three things that I think all are series that really could have been great and it wasn't through any particular mistake you almost can't work out why it's right. not great so, so these are all on netflix aren't they yeah and first of all space force because i've not seen it mm -hmm. but a big netflix thing it's the guy behind the office greg daniels who's created it mm. it's got carell john malkovich lisa kudrow yeah um so it was like a big like the trailer looked fairly funny yeah. so i was kind of thinking oh i can't wait to have a slice of this yeah. but not good then well it it's um it's an inch off and i think with comedy if you if you are an inch off with your tone you're doomed you know it's like the the jokes are it's it's a very funny concept the things that happen in are very funny and i'm watching it and i'm like it's like inside me i'm really cheering it on i'm like just do that a little bit faster just don't yeah. be quite as dark as you're being just you know it just misses the biscuit and it and it's quite upsetting that because you're really not watching something and going oh lazy idiots you're watching and going oh man they're going to be so upset when they watch this because they're going to know that it's really good it's a, it, it's almost there you know it's just mm. you can't be almost there with comedy you either you either make them laugh or you don't and that's it yeah so you're saying do not watch it I'm it's saying not what, funny I think it's worth watching um, for that reason alone like I don't think you'll watch it James I think you should watch it uh, I don't think you'll watch it and go oh this is absolute Steve Carell sacrilege I think you'll watch it going oh I can see why Steve signed on to this and you've got John Malkovich there and, and it's almost like the component parts are too big too expensive too heavy for it to rattle along in the way that it needs to you know like john malkovich for example what a great actor but was he is he quite able to do this style and what is the style should it be airplane or is it space balls or is it actually something much darker and i think that's the that's the problem is it like it really could be an almost a uh, documentary it could almost be the office but but classier um but right. it's not it's set it, it, it's kind of sci-fi you know i don't know it's hard to explain I, i'd like you to just watch one so that you can deconstruct it yeah i'd like to i will give it a go i think just to sort of, just because I'm curious if it is a car crash or not, you know. You just and want to take it apart and put it back together again. You know it's all there somehow, I think. Yeah, it's interesting because Greg Daniels did Upload, which is on Amazon at the moment, and that's full of unknown actors, and I didn't know any of the cast, and I really liked it. It was like another sci-fi, almost like a Black Mirror idea. Yeah, but in a yeah, right. more comedy sort of elements to it, and I thought it was really good, and it was quite a gripping story as well, but funny. 
So um, I think fundamentally you've got you've got a main character who is you know the the basic premise is that this kind of a guy who's expecting to be made chief of the army or whatever is actually made chief of the space force, which is this weird thing no one talks about in the middle of the desert. He's getting sucked, money is sucked out from it, and no rocket ever launches. Um, and so it's a nice kind of concept that he's been sent away from Washington after 50 years of service and expected a big promotion and has ended up there. But the issue is that he's also playing a kind of um, a str- an oddball which means that it's quite difficult to know whether you're laughing with him or at him or whether you're empathising or not, like m- far more so than he does in the office. Mm. I think that's the problem, but I'm not sure. Anyway, it's a shame, okay. and I can see why people slag it off, because, you know, if you don't make them laugh, they'll slag it off. Um, it's a big shame yeah. for Lisa Kidray to do something after so long and have it fall on its ass. Well, she's great, you know, She's she picks it well, doesn't she, in everything that she's in now, she appears for, like, five scenes that's a sort of thing she's just there for five she's done other stuff i haven't seen her anything yeah she's been in kimmy schmidt and a, f- a few few things but she always just it's like she's very wise she goes i'm going to do two days on this <laughs> that's, that's what i'm going to do <coughs> perry mason has been brought back from the dead perry mason has been remade i haven't seen it and it's something i've seen starring matthew reese um and we won't dwell on it because it's still coming out it's being released on now tv it's an hour yeah. long it feels long robert downey jr has produced it um in yeah. terms of my criticisms of sag you could make those criticisms you could also say it's Definitely. gruesome when it doesn't need to be gruesome oh big time the first Jeez. episode is as dark and as i mean because the perry mason we're used to yeah. is very different to what this is the perry mason we used to is the 90s kind of tv show where it's like a it's kind of a, uh, a detective based, but also like a courtroom based drama, and it's quite. It, it always felt quite um, a bit, a little bit cheesy, yeah, a little it was bit. Cheesy. Sort of, it's awful. I tried to watch it again recently. It's awful. Really, the main guy yeah. Perry Mason's amazing. Raymond, yeah, awful. Raymond Burr, who plays him, he's really good. But this is obviously like looking at his backstory and with a very much more of a darker uh, sort of mm. tint on it. But it's got a great cast mm. and. I started watching it and I thought, I don't know if I'm going to stick with this because it is quite heavy going. But I just watched the last episode, I don't know if you've seen it, Howell, yes. and it's great because great. It's, it's like it starts to come together. The story starts to actually like pick up a bit of steam. Yeah. And it's really, really good. You just really got to go with it and get lost in the world and allow them a bit of indulgence and. and is see it where the it Dark Knight meets Diagnosis Murder? Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's <laughs> like they took the Dick Van Dyke character for Diagnosis Murder <laughs> and showed him when he was a young man. It turns out he was a bit of a crazy, crazy, drunken fool and uh, a slightly dark man. And the thing is, though, it's in good hands because Matthew Reese, who I love from The Americans, uh, and he's also in a few films these days in the, that new one with Tom Hanks playing um, Mr. Rogers, I know mm. what it's called. Mm. Um, but he's a really good actor. He's so, I could I could watch him do anything. I really love him and I love him when he's doing, he's, he's good in a dark, sort of complicated, conflicted character. He really nails it. Is he it. the main bloke in The Americans? Yeah, yeah. I, I taught um, him everything he knows in my theatre clue days. Did you meet him? No. Oh. I think I might have done, but I didn't direct him. I think he was right. there briefly, but um, I almost got to the end know. of the first series of the Americans, but then I ran out of steam. Oh, you know, it really it'll pay it pays off down the road, but you have to go far down the road to get the 
the juicy um, payoff. I've tried to watch like the road. I tried to watch an original Perry Mason on YouTube, and I'm not joking. Really? It's um, as good as Joey doing Days of Our Lives in Friends. <laughs> like it's, it's that bad. Yeah. It, uh, I, he he's still great, but everything yeah. else in it. Oh my god, it's horrendous. Because they are based on books, and I think the actual book material is a bit darker than right. what the TV version was, so maybe that's... But it's a great concept. I mean, essentially the, the concept is big lawyer who always saves the day last minute, right? And mm. uh, and Matthew, what they've done with this is, is great. Um, Mandalorian, finished that finally. Uh, yep, great, loved it. Great direction. The music's brilliant. The Big tick on the Mandalorian. Big tick there. Yeah. Uh, love just I can watch the entirety of the end credits just I could watch them all oh night. yeah I love that music it's almost like rocky music that they end yeah, on every yeah. episode like that it's excellent music it's sort of got a touch of the um, uh, God, I can't remember the name of the um, Morricone uh, about it yes um, yes just like passed away spaghetti west yeah I know yeah spaghetti western kind of vibe with just enough of I don't know something else something slightly modern thrown into it reminds yeah. me a bit of the Predator music as well right mm, yeah I think it's a really good ending it's, it sets it up nicely for another series as well doesn't it um, yeah, uh, and I'm, I'm so that... impressed by that show because I've been rewatching the Star Wars films a lot recently with my daughter, mm. and we we watched the Phantom Menace for the first time for me for about God, I, it must be about 15 years, I think. Wow, uh, maybe longer, and I wasn't disappointed oh. in the sense that it is just as shit as i remember <laughs> right <laughs> like it, it it like you can't believe how bad it is when you watch it it's just like wow this actually got made mm. and people said yeah i guess that's all the work we're going to do on this mm. um and put it out it's an unbelievably poor film and I, i'm not sorry well i was gonna say i'm not a fan of the new ones either um and so it's really nice to see someone not fuck up in the star wars world for once. Have you watched the documentary on Disney Plus about the directors? About Star Wars? No, I haven't. It's no. really, really worth watching. It's take. What? How do you pronounce his name? Jojo Rabbit and Wilder People. Taika Waititi. Taika Waititi. Taika Waititi, um, and the other four or five directors who directed the Mandalorian. Oh, from the new ones. Yeah. Oh, from the Mandalorian. Sorry. Okay, gotcha. It's them okay. and um, uh, oh my god. I'm tired. John Favreau. It's them and John Favreau talking about it. And John Favreau chose them and brought them in. And you just oh, get a real sense that, like, you've gone for the supreme, like, genuinely brilliantly talented people um, who are also huge Star Wars fans, and and you can you can trust with it, you know. Yeah. Um, so they they went about it as best they could. There was still the odd uh, Star Wars thing that annoyed me, but I tell you, it got got me over my. My one of my issues with Star Wars was always the um, uh, um, the stormtroopers just obviously being extras rattling around in suits that don't fit. I could never get past that for some reason. And in this one, I, I love, love the scene. That scene with yeah. the two stormtroopers. It's brilliant. Yeah, really good. You finally get and and not only like it's hard when you're watching something like that you're aware of the legacy right you're watching it and you're going yeah. they're doing a theme with two stormtroopers and they're being witty and they're, they're purposely giving them characters and 
they don't need to, but they're doing it because they've never done it before. Um, but the two guys who played those parts were really funny as well. You know, they did yeah. it well. Mm. And that's the difference, is a lot of the new Star Wars stuff, like a lot of the new Star Wars stuff, I watch and I go, ah, oh, the nod to the fans is larger than the actual quality of the thing, you know, if you were watching it, having never watched anything before. And that's what they've done. Do you know so as much. well, sorry, just uh, thinking of Disney Plus, for parents with with smallest children who you like getting into Star Wars, Lego Star Wars on that is brilliant. Oh, great. I started watching Lego Ooh. Frozen and it was hilarious. They're, they're just a great team. Just yeah, really they've got funny. a really good knack for this stuff to mm. give uh, enough to the kids that they enjoy, but also leaving a bit for the parents to have some fun with. Just quick mention of two more things on Disney Plus. One is there is there is a documentary on there that's the making of Frozen Two. I can't recommend oh. it highly enough. It's uh, it's a series. It's an incredibly well made series, and when you get a glimpse into the what has to happen for a film like that to be made, it's mind animation man. Yeah. Mind boggles. Oh. Um, and not just that that the. Uh, um, I'm I'm experiencing a bit of a, a a bit of a down slump in my anxiety issues at the moment. Unfortunately, I was doing quite well during lockdown, and um, when we went to watch Frozen Two, I cried like a baby from beginning to end. And we walked out, and I said to Sarah, "That's not just a. It's not just about depression. It's about anxiety. Specifically, that is someone who wrote that is writing it for people with anxiety. I'm telling you." And mm. we came out, and, and we watched the documentary. Uh, last week and there's a bit in it and Kristen Bell talks about sorry the the writer Jennifer Lee is it Jennifer Lee she talks about the whole theme in it which is about do the next right thing and she said and and um, it all came from a conversation she had with Kristen Bell who suffers from huge anxiety and Kristen Bell had said that the, the mantra she'd given herself when she couldn't face getting out of bed was she'd come up with this thing which was do the next right thing the next right thing is to get out of bed and clean your teeth the next right thing after that is to get the kids out of bed the next right thing and that's where it all came from and this whole plot through the thing which is all about do the next right thing when one of the characters can't put one foot in front of the other and then that, so you know tragically I was right I <laughs> so, uh, it's just brilliant and you know you get a glimpse into the pressure you get a glimpse into the Disney size which can have success or cumbersome failures see Star Wars and all of that you know um, but it's just brilliant can't recommend it highly enough as per Hamilton Hamilton. I will be quiet now, but Hamilton, what a brilliant move for them to put it on there. Can't imagine how much Disney paid for that. Just yeah. colossal amounts it must be. But what a wonderful gift to give to the world. And yes, it's as good as Matthew and everyone uh, said. Isn't it brilliant? It really is. And I, it's having seen it, I've seen it twice uh, live. Um, because my wife and I both bought it as gifts for each other's birthday. <laughs> and uh, we've listened to the soundtrack countless times. And it was a real treat to see it with the original cast because Leslie Odom Jr., who plays Aaron oh, he's Burr, brilliant. Which one is, is he? just something Aaron Burr. Which one's Aaron Burr? The Aaron Burr's a main guy, guy who's not Hamilton. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, room where it happened, yeah. Room where it happens. Room where it happens. That performance in that of that song, incredible, is just 
out of this world. Like yeah. everything, he's doing so much in it. Yeah, and yeah, he does it all just with with incredible grace. And he's like a magician. He's, he literally you, moves like a magician. The song of his that I've been listening on repeat though is "Wait for It." Oh, I love "Wait for It." Which one's that? Oh. It's a good song. It's the it's the most poppy number in the show. <laughs> yeah, I let, love a let good it go. poppy number. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's an absolute barnstormer. <laughs> I thought the first but, half of that show was like it was just relentlessly brilliant song after brilliant song, and I thought. This is how are they doing this? Like, how are they yeah. just? It's just non-stop. The second half, it kind of slows down. It goes down the darker, you know, showing the ending and everything. It gets a bit more dark. Yeah, it First, changes the game, doesn't it? It's yeah. like you, you, you can look at any musical and maybe pick out two phenomenal numbers. Well, from exactly. It. Like, look at because because it, it literally it's singing throughout pretty much. Like, so it's you have to compare yeah. something like Le Miserable, which Le you know is like is good songs here and there like you said but it's not like one after another just a brilliant and not just and all the female performances of the the sisters are just and stunning and like it's just mm. the bit where they rewind time on stage do you yeah. remember that that's bit? Fine. Yeah, that's yeah. Nice. yeah. Oh, freaking him. Yeah. I mean, it's some of the it's just a really stunning show and to think that it all came from Lin Manuel just doing this 15 minute medley performance of a ha- of Hamilton's story and then he built that into this musical didn't he well have you, have you seen the the thing he did at the white house yeah yeah it gives me chills to watch that every time because um because it's the opening number essentially but um i just we i didn't know anything about the show really until we went to see it and we deliberately avoided reading anything or 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 knowing anything and I just remember, like, the opening line of the show is so succinctly brilliant. And it, it, it was just, I remember just very, very clearly remember sitting in the, we had amazing seats because a friend of ours is a West End producer type. Um, we, we managed to get these really nice ones uh, for, for the first time we went to see it. And just that opening 12, 20 seconds, whatever it is, just knowing instantly that it was going to be amazing. Mm. And... Uh, then to to see him just casually performing it at the White House and um, with just a piano accompaniment, and then that later became this thing. It's just it's, it's wonderful. It's a I don't I don't like to get involved in hype like this very often, but yeah. it is just no, you, don't. Uh, you know you can't you can't um, deny it. It's if, wonderful. If you look at your screens, boys, just for you, this at is this point in the podcast. Um, I show Matthew and Jamie a photo of somebody who is connected to another podcast that I've done um, with Lin Manuel Miranda, who he worked with for a number of months, uh, and that's what's going on. Uh, sorry for the indulgence. And by the way, if you want to hear that other podcast currently, as we record, if you look in the new and noteworthy section on iTunes, we have appeared in it. It's called The Adventures of Brian Hovis. We have remade it, we've rewritten it, we've re-edited it, relaunched it, and it's made it into the new and noteworthy worldwide fame. If you've not heard it, I'd love you to hear it. You won't hear me, but you'll hear stuff that I've uh, slaved over and written for the last few years. And back to the show. Advert done. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, I mean, he is good, but I, I did feel he was the weakest part of the time. Like, he, he's not as good as the singing. He's not quite the best at the rapping side of things. He's, he's good, obviously, but 
and yeah, you're, he's the one you kind of look at as the weak link, but yet he created the whole bloody thing. So you're like, okay, you get a free pass on that. Mate. Well, that's exactly the same as the box set pod, though, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you just got to accept it. You don't have one without the other, and that's it. <laughs> uh, yeah, but very good, though. Yeah, I well, mean, fr- from there, let's go because um, David Diggs, who plays um, Lafayette and uh, Thomas Jefferson, is in Snowpiercer. Which ah. I'm curious to hear about. Um, Snowpiercer was a film, wasn't it? Did you watch the film? Yes, I've seen well, the film. Yeah, how, yeah, it's a great film? film. It's really underrated film. It was. It's not that good a film. It's an. It's a good film. I think it's, it's a fucking weird film. It's weird, but it's it's like it's a very interesting, dark sort of like uh, concept. dystopian future it's a good concept, concept, isn't it? It was one of those. It was a film that was made by the guy who just won the Oscar for best uh, director. Um, What's his name? Um, uh, it, it, what was the film he made? Um, oh, Parasite. Parasite, yeah. It was made by Bong. Um, bon oh, Hong, I forgot Bong Joon-ho. Yeah. Uh, and it was buried by, oh. guess who? Harvey Weinstein made it and he buried it uh, oh. for some reason. I can't oh, remember sorry, why. Did you lose me there for a second or did we lose Jamie? No, we didn't lose anyone, I didn't think. Oh, I, I lost the audio for a second. I didn't realise it was Bong Joon-ho. Yeah, yeah, and, um, and he was really good because he loves the he loved the film, and he got a bit of a cult status afterwards yeah. through word of mouth. So, what's the TV show like? How it has it? a it has a low budget feel to it, but then what it's trying to do is so high budget that that's hard. It might that might be a really harsh thing to say. It's like um, we've we've stopped at the end of episode one, so I don't want to judge it too much, but um, it feels a bit. I, you know, when people are playing refugees and they're playing them a bit hard, um, uh, it's just like a bad, like, like a matinee Les Mis performance. Um, it, it's, I, it's hard to describe, but it, it, we, it, maybe it'll go somewhere, but it feels about, I'll tell you what it feels like. Do you remember The Pines? The Place Beyond the, the Pines. The Place Beyond the Pines. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Remember series? No, hang on, no. What? No, not Place oh, Beyond the Pines. Place the Beyond Pines. the Pines is a Ryan Gosling movie. No, the, um, the, the Pines it was called, wasn't it? We talked about it on the podcast. The world no, I know it's from your club, but it's not called just The Pines. It's called Are you thinking else. of the M. Night Shyamalan yeah. one? Yeah, that one. I know the one you mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, so what is it called? called? It's something like The Pines, isn't it? Pines Wayward, Pines. Wayward, Wayward Pines. Wayward Pines. Wayward Pines. There you go, thank um, you. You know, <sighs> if you if you got as far as Series 2 of Wayward Pines... This Did not. This feels like series two, right? Feels as far as episode two. <laughs> feels like the budget's <laughs> gone out a little bit. Um, yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm not being dragged back to it, so we'll leave that there. But if someone wants to cheerlead it, then please do. And I, I will return to it, and maybe I'll change my mind. Um, let's just give a mention to normal people, which took me a long time to get to, and lots and lots of people suggested us watch it. And, um, no, this is going to cause it. problems. Oh, no. People. Oh, Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did. My, my my wife was watching it, and um, she convinced me to have a look at it, and I did, and I was not pleased. Oh, oh how is that possible? <laughs> did you start was, from the beginning, or did you just get on board? Yeah, yeah of course, I started from the beginning. Yeah, but no, I, I, I honestly, I just I just got bored watching it, um, and I've I've watched three episodes, I think. And yeah, I, I I was just I had better things to do, man. 
Well, <laughs> this confirms... I might give it another go because, you know, a lot of people have said good things about it. It's not just... Uh, I think it. if you don't but, have a uh, if you don't have a soul, you're not going to find one by the time you watch it the second time, are you? What? Uh, but hang on, all right, come on. <laughs> What's supposed to be so amazing about it? It's just two people fucking. That's what they said about Romeo and Juliet. I don't think it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's phenomenal. It's the most beautiful writing. It's delicate. It doesn't go over the top. It's slowly just reveals things it definitely doesn't slowly. go over the top I'll definitely say that no it doesn't it's, I, I mean, mean I understand not something it's seen it, it didn't uh, I've got to say it didn't make me want to watch like every episode back to back all day but I think because I think it's like a quite a uh, it's, yeah it's not massively cheerful or fun or adrenaline I'll tell you what that place. show needs is car chases yeah exactly it's not got much of that <laughs> if it had a car chase that would be um, but it, the way that it reveals the characters over all of the episodes right up until the last couple I just yeah, think or they don't reveal the characters until the last couple of episodes well not really I mean you, you how much do you know about them like how much do you um, really know about them at, at not the an awful lot and I think that's part of the problem for me yeah, you want it. You want it explained. <laughs> I don't want it explained. I'm not. I'm not after that. But I, I want something. At the moment, it's just a couple of kids who seem a little bit um, out of place yeah. in their lives, mm. and they sort of find each other and start fucking. Yeah, and that's fine. But mm. I need a little bit more. Just I think, a little bit more. I, think I heard there's more. just lots of lots of sex. Right? Uh, there is a lot of sex. If you want a, have uh, you not watched a, a it either? Of, um, no, no. Oh my. <laughs> God, if you this want is... some porn under the guise of art, go for it. Oh, I can't believe this. This is how you felt with me and Meryl. I tell you, ah, oh, I've got news. I enjoyed something that Meryl Streep did. Really? Like thoroughly enjoyed it, and it was in Mary Poppins too. And the whole film I didn't like. And Meryl finally was cast in a part that she's meant to play, which is this massively over the top sort of. Uh, almost gypsy-like oh, character. Oh wow! God, um, I forgot about that because it was so bad. Yeah, um, yeah. God, it, that's really, turned you, finally, yeah. she was she she so, found the part that she was meant to play. So that was good. But I mean, listen, this is just conclusive proof that you shouldn't ever listen to Howell Evans about anything. Apart from the only time you liked Meryl Streep was when she was shit. Well, let me say this: anyone who's watched Normal People. Um, that has just the, the well, tables have turned entirely. That's, no, you know, you, I, I'm not going to say I, I, I'm not done with normal people. I might watch it again. Oh, I, yeah, no, I'm planning on watching it. I was put. I, I do want to watch because I've heard very good things, but I was put off by the fact that I heard it's just lots of sex and no, you know saying that. I don't, I'm you know, a big fan not, of that, Jamie. You're I'm not approved of anything, but I just <laughs> I get you know I get sex scenes in TV and film. I always think I just want to skip him a little All bit. Right. I know? would I would guess that in the whole series there's wow. five there's five sex scenes. Unless the sex scene is for there's not, plot there's related. I've, I've only seen a couple of episodes and there's already been like four sex scenes. So unless there's well, only you've one, got in one the rest more of the left, haven't you? It's it's about it's yeah okay okay so really the reason people are objecting to the sex scenes is that you're actually seeing I don't care penis that the, a man's penis is being shown and I've noticed this. Well, Have I you noticed the I'm new not trend? Okay with that, obviously. Have you noticed this? That penises are the, the, the tables are being evened. And they're making a more penis. Yeah, they're making they a comeback. Show, they, they don't show an erect penis. Though, no, absolutely they? not. Absolutely, that's not, not allowed. That's no, the one rule, isn't no, it? No. Um, I think the only erect penis in a mainstream 
uh, film is Michael Winterbottom got a mainstream penis erection yeah. <laughs> into no, um, one of his things. Lars von Trier did as well. Ah, well, yeah, but he did. Antichrist has got full-on um, X-rated penetration in it. Wow. Right. Now, normal people... Lars von Trier's, he don't suffer no fool. Is that Willem Dafoe with the penetration, though? No, they hired um, porn actors to do it. Ah, apparently. right. Fair Cheating, enough. really. I mean, there are rumors Willem Dafoe is, uh, you know, hung like a donkey, but... Jesus, right. So, I've still not said one good thing about normal people. <laughs> um, can I just say, uh, it's I, I consider this to be probably the best written thing that I've seen come out of the BBC. And well, well, let's prove that wrong instantly, because uh, not, I May yeah. Destroy You has come out within the same couple of months, and that is Thank a you, Matthew. piece of work. Okay, well, I haven't Thank seen you. that, but... Um, Seamless segue. But yeah, yeah. top rating. You've got to... Forget Matthew. Jamie, you've got to watch it. It's one of the most beautifully written, brilliantly pitched well-paced, not ruined by commission, adapted from a novel, beautiful things I've ever seen. It's incredible. Just You know what? Stick with it. If, 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 you, if you had to guess well, uh, which one of me and Howard would be p- playing for normal people, you'd think it'd be me. Yeah. Very but, hard second guess. And yet, what, what's, what's, ha- what's happened? It's strange. Yeah, yeah. Very well, hard. I think that... I do want to give it a go, but you, got, you give... I may destroy you a go, Hal, because, well... I will. Take it away. Take it away, Matt. I was really quite taken aback by this show. Yeah, me too. Um, because I don't often... And I, I, I'm, I say this with shame. I don't often enjoy new British stuff. Um, um, I'm, I don't know. I don't know why, but I don't. Neither do I. And, it's always crap, apart uh, from normal people. Carry on. I, I, I do struggle with the BBC's output sometimes, and this is... I don't know. I, I don't even really know what separates it apart because it's got a lot of things in it that I wouldn't like. Like it's, it, it's, But it's doing a kind of authentic take on modern... Oh god, I hate saying stuff like this, but it's doing like an authentic take on modern um, city culture, which just feels so authentic and so kind of on the pulse of uh, present-day London that it just yeah. sings, man. The whole thing fucking sings. Yeah, and it feels. It- just gone. yeah, it, you feel you're watching something written by a, a voice of the, of like today. In the same way, when you watched uh, Phoebe Waller Bridge doing Fleabag, uh, but this is even more like it's about society today and about sexuality today. Covers so many, many different things, and the, the main plot is that this female writer is, suffers a, a date rape that she can't remember, and it gradually comes back to her. It follows her journey sort of discovering how she feels about becoming a victim of this crime and overcoming the demons that present itself, but also her friends' own experiences with sexuality as well. And there are but episodes... You that, hear that yeah. and you think to yourself, oh, God, I'm going to have a grim time watching yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it absolutely isn't. No. It's, it's really it's very funny in places. Uh, it, it's really bright and kind of um, just... Pacey and 
vibrant and I don't know, man. It's just it, it it's just nailed it. Like the, yeah. the 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 speed at which the story is told, the way in which it's told, the the, the central character like Michaela Cole, who, who's written it and stars in it, is brilliant. Like she's a really mm. uh, a just kind of stunning uh, to look at person. She's um, yeah, she's got this incredible face and yeah. um, and body as well for what what it's worth. Um, but uh, she she's got a manner about her which is um, she's very captivating. She's got yeah. a, a screen presence which you know only a few people are really lucky to have. And it's weird um, because I don't really think I've seen her in much before. I haven't watched Chewing Gum, which was a massive. It was a big hit on Channel Four, I think, and won some awards. And yes. I haven't seen anything else she's been in, which is um, a shame because I think she's been doing other good stuff as yes, well. But this is comedy. Uh, funny, uh, Channel Four stuff was great. I, I watched a bit of Chewing Gum. I didn't enjoy it as much, unfortunately. Uh, well, I'm looking forward that, to watching that, it. But uh, what was interesting, um, that that's older, and uh, it was just great to see the kind of, like, emergence of someone. I mean, I, that sounds really patronising. Obviously, I, I haven't done any of this stuff, so it's not like I'm in a position to... But um, you can see that there's a maturity in um, I, will, I May Destroy You, which chewing gum doesn't necessarily have good stuff we need to do the um the, quiz, the quiz. So wait we, ha- no hang on a second i have no, to talk about no, homecoming we'll have to wait we... we'll have to wait till next time i'm afraid no 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 no, no. let's just do a long one because um, because who, who has championed homecoming in the past was it jamie me i've watched series one and two um have you been both have you matthew I'm in the middle of two at the moment, but bugger me, I was completely blown away by one. I thought it was fucking great. Mm. And I, for some reason, when I heard the title Homecoming, I, I thought, thought one minute, oh, this is going to be about no. high school fucking stuff. It's going to be about Homecoming dance or something like that. And it oh, just, right, I had okay. no idea what it was about at all. I just knew it had Julia Roberts in it. And um, it was being prominently advertised on Amazon so I just thought oh it's only half an hour the first episode brilliant I'll watch that with uh, me and Hannah watched it and we nailed through four of them straight away and it's just it's one of the sharpest smartest uh, TV shows I've seen in ages it's mm. the, the, the story is so well put together and the twists and turns are brilliantly not um, heralded or they don't hold the audience's hand. They don't whip you along with them. You, you, you have to figure shit out if, if, if you're going to keep up with it. Did you listen and to the podcast? No, and I remembered. I, I only remembered that it was a podcast um, in the second series because they put it in the credits. Mm. But the, the weird thing is, I'm sorry, this is a bit roundabout, but well, I was watching the credits and the name Matt Lieber came up. Time up, Matt. Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, the name Matt Lieber came up. <laughs> and I was like, Matt Lieber? And because I listened to this podcast called Reply All and at the end of the credits of Reply All every time they always say Matt Lieber is something really lovely um, like they, they say to the one I had today was Matt Lieber is before you get bored of it and um, is what before you get bored of it? Snow oh great and um, uh, Matt Lieber is the I think he's the CEO of Gimlet Media who host who also run the homecoming podcast. Yeah. And so I suddenly remembered you telling me that it was a podcast and now I want to go and listen to that. 
but yeah, it's an incredibly uh, smart TV show and uh, everyone should watch it. And I love, um, what the hell's his name? Uh, uh, Stephen James. No. Bobby Cannavale. Bobby Cannavale. Bobby Cannavale. Yeah. yeah. He's brilliant. He's, brilliant. He, he's very good. Cool. Yeah. I know I recommend it too. It is really good. I've enjoyed it. How old? Um, yeah, I started watching series one. I probably need to go back to it. I struggled with the style a little bit. But I enjoyed what the What is playing in the background? What the hell is that? Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. I can hear faintly. Yeah, there we go. Oh, it's Sopranos music. Wow. Welcome to the Sopranos quiz. Ten questions, and I want... Assertions. I want promises, absolute sworn promises that you two are not looking at the internet. I would never. I don't cheat. Some of these are very easy to find on Google. Okay, so be be be, um, decent, honourable people. Hang on, let me just pull up IMDb. New film on um, on Apple TV, which is very good. Here we go. Question number one in the Sopranos quiz. Also, where are we up to with the uh, with the scores on the overall quiz? By the way, why do you always ask this? You should just look it up beforehand, <laughs> because no one has any idea. I think it's it's one all. Pretty sure that you. Oh, we had uh, five for Jamie, fourteen for this Matt. Is just oh, the worst just... radio. Listening to you through your fucking notes. Honestly, um, you try and shut me up when I'm talking about homecoming, but you're happy to sit there and go, oh, I don't know, it was one the last quiz. When you were doing your review before, you used one sentence lasted about four minutes, and all you said was the word authentic. I'm going to paste it in here. It's got a lot of things in it that I wouldn't like. like it's, it's, but it's doing a kind of authentic take on modern oh god I hate saying stuff like this but it's doing like an authentic take on modern um, city culture which just feels so authentic and so kind of authentic on the pulse of uh, I don't know what you're talking about question number one what year was James Gandolfini born nearest wins was he, what year was he born? Born. Whew. Uh, are we saying now, or are we writing them down? You're writing them down, please. We're writing them down, aren't Okay. We? Next question. Question number two. What year, what year did Sopranos first air? 97, 99, or 2000? Oh, that's a toughie. That's a toughie, toughie, tough, tough. 97, 99, or 2000? Oh. Oh. Okay. 
right. Alabama 3 wrote the theme tune, Woke Up This Morning. But what nationality is the lead singer of Alabama 3? Oh. Oh. Question four. It was the second hour-long HBO drama ever, in fact. It's thought of as the first kind of box set, but no, there was one before. It was the second hour-long HBO drama ever. What was the first? I was going to give you multi-choice. Do you feel like you need multi-choice with that? The first longest HBO drama, did you say? The first hour-long HBO drama. Oh, right, okay. Sopranos was the second hour-long HBO drama, the the second kind of box set of its kind, Um, not the first. What was the first? Oh, man. You know what, I don't want I I, I want this to be a a real thinker, but I'm going to need a second. Well, yeah, I'm not going to get it, I don't think. I mean, uh... Woke up this morning. Oh. Good God. Mm. Okay, let's crack let's crack on. Let's crack on. Okay. Here we go. I feel like if Jamie doesn't have an answer we should do the multi choice though. He can come back to it. <laughs> Question number what, number five. 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 Twenty-seven members of the cast were in a famous gangster film. Which one? Twenty-seven cast members of Sopranos were also in a supremely famous gangster film. Hello. Which one? Hello, Matt. Okay. Sorry, I've crashed out there. Did you hear the question? I heard the one about twenty-seven people. That's the one. 27 members of the cast were in a gangster film. Which one? Uh Yeah. Question number six. Why does... uh, Why does he choose Dr. Melfi as his therapist? What's his logic? That's in the first episode, isn't it? It is. Oh, why do you know this, Matthew? No, I don't know it. I just remember that I have a vague memory of him talking about that in the first episode. First or second, but yeah, no, it must be first. Um, he certainly picks her there. Whether he explains it there, I'm not sure. Question number seven: Who gets out of? Hang on. <laughs> Who gets out of prison in season two? A point for the first and a point for the last name. Who gets out of prison? What? Sorry. In season oh, two. Oh, in season two. Do you want the actor? No. Shit. <laughs> oh. oh, it's going to fucking kill me. I can picture his face. Oh, oh God, yeah. I can't, I don't know. Point for each name. name, so if you can remember oh. that. Question number eight. How many episodes of The Sopranos were there in total? Uh, okay. Here we go. Uh, 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 uh. Question number nine. By the end, how much was Gandolfini being paid per episode? Closest answer wins. 
Mm. A terrible question, Sal. <laughs> what were you expecting? <laughs> Questions to do with the show. The actual show, what happened in it, that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> like the therapist and who gets out of prison and this question. Yeah. Question I don't know, there's 10. not so many questions that are answered with numbers, you know. Uh, question number 10. How does Richie die? Richie. Mm. Okay, with Richie. I, I thought I was going too easy with this. Thought I was going I'm taking easy. a pound well, in here. I'm taking a pound in isn't he? Careful what you say, Matthew. Yeah. Go a straightforward death. Ugh. I don't. I've not done well on this. I've been bad. <laughs> um. Great film on Netflix, starring Steve Coogan and Paul Rudd, which I've not seen before. Just uh, do a search on Netflix for them too. Oh, I think I saw a trailer for that. Yeah. yeah it's funny. Um, all right. Any repeats? Do you want any questions repeated? Uh, we give me. Can I have the multiple choice for number four? Because otherwise, I might get a, on, a big yeah, fat zero. Yeah. Okay. So your if choice. My guess is, is in there. Then I get points. Um, it was second hour long HBO drama ever. What was the first? Was it Oz, Six Feet Under, or The Wire? Oh, my guess is in the is in the group. So that's interesting. Okay, right. Okay. okay. I wasn't sure if it was beforehand. Go on then, yep. Question number one. What year was James Gandolfini born? Nearest wins, Jamie. I've gone with 58. 58. Oh, I've gone with 65. Jamie wins. It was 61. Oh, bollocks. One I year almost got 62. That's really annoying. I'm pointing to Jamie. Um, he wasn't one year out. He was three years out. No, you were one year out further than Jamie. Ah, okay. What year did Sopranos first air? Was it uh, 97, 99 or 2000, Matthew? 99. Jamie. Yeah, I've got 99. Is correct. Well done. Yes. Point each. Um, Alabama 3 wrote the theme tune, woke up this morning. What nationality is the lead singer of Alabama 3, Jamie? British. Matthew. I went Cuban. He is Welsh, and I will not give a point for British because that was oh, not come on. The point. Come on, British has got to be given. Nope. That's you got a point for Jamie. <laughs> no, no, oh, sorry, no, can't, I can't do that. I can't do that. Um, it was the second hour-long HBO drama ever. What was the first, uh, Matthew? I had six feet under. Jamie, I went with Oz. Oz is correct, Jamie. <laughs> Yeah, I think I was going to go with six feet under, but I think it was after Sopranos. Yeah, it was the next but, one. Uh, the other one I was thinking of was who, who made HBO? Uh, sorry, who made Twin Peaks? Oh uh, no, that oh, was. Before, oh, who made I that? Was, yeah. um, I think that was uh, on a mainstream channel. I think it was on Fox, maybe or something like that. Mm. Uh, maybe it was. Yeah, just, for some reason it, it was nagging at me, but I put six feet under anyway. Go on. Uh, question number five: Twenty-seven members of the cast were in a famous gangster film. Which one? And it's Jamie to answer first. Goodfellas. And Matthew? Yeah. 
Yeah, Goodfellas. Goodfellas is correct. Oh, yeah. 27, hey, that's good. Um, why does he choose Dr. Melfi as his therapist, Jamie? She's sexy. Uh, Matthew? Well, I think it is slightly to do with that. It's because he could conceivably say that he was just banging her. It, but it's also something to do with her being Jewish. Um, the answer, uh, you're both incorrect. The answer is her name. Oh. Why does he? Why does he like? She likes a name, does he? Yeah, I can't remember the specific reason, but it was a oh. name, wasn't it? Related to something. Have you fact checked that? I don't need to fact check that. It's correct. <laughs> gotcha. um, who gets out of prison in season two for a first, uh, first and second name? Get a point, Matthew. Uh, Richie. And what's his second name? If he's called Richie. I thought it was Cifaretto, but I'm not sure. Jamie? I don't know. I put Vinny two times. Richie April. Richie April. He's Jackie's brother. Uh, You're going to give him a half a point for that? I'm going to give him one point because he got one name, so one point there. Oh, yeah. Um, Okay. How many episodes were there in total, uh, Matthew? 78. Jamie? 56. Oh, Jesus God. Uh, Matthew wins. It was 86. Oh, my God. 86? Jamie, that How many seasons were there? Were there six or seven? Uh, I, I thought there was five series. Oh, yeah. God, um, by the end, how much was Gambolfini being paid per episode? Closest answer wins. Jamie? 800,000. Matthew? I put $1 million. The answer is $1 million. Dang it. Um... And, finally, so where are we with points? We've got, uh, how many have you got, Jamie? One, two, three, four. Four. Oh, yeah, where'd you get your fourth from? No, I can only see three there for you. I got 58.99, Oz, Goodfellas. Oh, you did, you got the first one as well, yeah. And And I should really have got... Five, because of Wales. Thank you, actually, Matt, I should have that. And Matt's got three, four. One, two, one, two, three, four... Five, five. I've got five. Yeah. Oh, so shit. it's five four. This is Jamie's chance. Give, to if you give me, five if you give me five, Howell, then it'll be whoever gets the next one right wins. All right. Actually, no, I've got I'll it give wrong, you it. Anyway. I mean, at least you didn't say English, so um, you know that would have been an absolute no go. I'll give you, I'll give you it because on his passport, well, you're too good to say Britain. Um, and right, so it's five apiece. So it's five apiece as we come to the final furlong, which is. How does Richie die when he finally gets it in the whatever? Richie April, how does he die? Jamie. Strangled. Matthew. I thought he was shot by Janet. Richie April was shot by Janice. Come on. I mean, how old did you watch like one episode of Sopranos with Richie April in it or something? Why do you? Why are you obsessed with? That? <laughs> There's so many characters that are on the show. I actually put that oh. question in because I thought that by me saying the question, it would help you out to go back to question seven and remember yeah, the did. name, which it did for Matt. <laughs> so oh, well done Matthew alright well done Matthew that was excellent excellent work congratulations well done everybody and um, we will see you 
sometime in the next two months as we continue to talk TV on the Box Set Pod. If you want to email us, studio at theboxsetpod.com is, as ever, our email. Final final thoughts? Uh, Jamie? Um, I just want to say everyone should listen to the song uh, Wait For It on Hamilton. It's the best song. It's okay. Matthew, Do you know, I can, I can pretty much recite the entire libretto for Hamilton. Do it. Do Give me room where it happens. Go. I don't want to do that. <laughs> Not on the recording. Oh. I just want right, to we... be in the room where it happens. The room where it happens. The room where it happens. Virginians and an immigrant walk into a room diametrically opposed foes, they emerge with a compromise having opened doors that were previously closed, bros. The best thing Matt's ever done. That was very nice, very nice. Um, and thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye.